Words from the Hills reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. I'll start by telling you a little bit about myself. You know, without God, I would truly, truly be like um, spilt milk, just splattered all over the floor, going off every day, without anything holding me together. God has been the one that, that has held me together since the day that I was born. We're human beings and we're very fragile, but you know, like liquid, it needs a container to hold together. And that is what God has been to me. And um, in that space, he has also been a father. You know, God is just so great. Every day that I wake up, I truly just appreciate him because he gives me purpose. He gives me a reason to be awake. He gives me a reason to live. Not just any reason. I know it's an important reason. And every day that I wake up, I'm like, God, if I'm still alive today, then there's a reason why I'm here. So I'm going out to fulfill that. So help me, God. God, you're my father. You're going to guide me. You're going to show me the way to go and the best way to go about this. Um, so just talking about God as a father, you know, if you have ever doubted that God is your father, you know, sometimes we just address God by all his different names, you know, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah El Shaddai. But I think it's also very important to go to the nitty gritty so if you have ever doubted in your life that God is your father, I give you two reasons. The first and the most important reason why God is our father and how he's our father is first out of love. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for our sins. Um, see, what kind of love the father has given us that we should be called children of God God could have just created us. He really didn't have to call us his children. He could have just been his creation and he would just put us in the earth to do his mighty work and just go about it. But he gave his son, he sacrificed his son to die for us in order for us to be adopted as his children. So first of all, he loved us enough to give us that opportunity to be called his children. Um, the second reason is his word. His word is yes and amen. His word is true. It doesn't lie. It is a living spirit. So just holding on to his word is good enough. And his word in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. That's all you need. You just need to take that word back to God and say, God, this is what your word has said. I'm your child. You're my father. You have said that you'd be a father to me. And you can hold on to that any day, anytime, because his word says so. So um, now you can wake up every day in the confidence knowing that God truly is your father. Um, so besides being a father, you know, Someone could ask you, okay, so what are the benefits of being a child of God? You know, I remember that someone used to crack a joke one time and said, oh, you, you're my father, you're my father. And um, when this person was making money, where were you? You know, so what are the benefits of being your child? But um, you can't really ask God that because there's so many benefits. We have such an inheritance in God. And there's so much that we stand to gain as children of God and um, 
I'm going to give you a few things, a few reasons, and um, some inheritances that we have as children of God. One of them is his nature of kindness and patience. God's ability to forgive is super. Um, God is so patient, is so kind. Every time you come to him in repentance, he'll just open his arms and he'll accept you back. But that's when you come in true repentance. He accepts you. He loves you. And he will just take you back. He holds no grudge against you. So when you come to God as your father and you truly apologize, he would let it go. So even your earthly father, sometimes you go, you apologize and, you know, for something that you have done. And he would remind you, say, I remember that time you did it before you apologize. And now you're doing it again. Well, God never does that to you. God would just accept you again as long as you truly come to him and you open your heart to him. God never holds a grudge. He never brings up your past. Um, Psalm 103 verse 12 says, and it assures us, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions away from us. That means that our heavenly father would never hold the grudge against us. So as soon as you repent, he just separates it so far. The east and the west we know can never meet. So he separates it so far. So that thing in the middle is the place of your repentance. So as soon as you repent, he separates it. He takes it away. He never brings it back. He never reminds you about it. Even when you fall back into that sin, you come in repentance and he accepts you as his child. It is such a privilege and an honor to have a father like that. So it's something that we should hold on to every day. Another big reason that another um, inheritance that we have in Christ is the fact that we bear his last name. We're children of God. Everywhere that we go to, you're either called the child of God and then you should carry it with grace. You should carry it with confidence. You know, how good would it be to go for an interview and just say, I'm a child of God, and that already opens the door halfway for you. At least it opens the door of integrity. It opens the door of honesty. It opens the door of trust, just knowing that this is a child of God. People see you and say, ah, this one coming into my organization is bringing new grace, new fire, new anointing. Just imagine what that would be. You carry his last name, and God does not want a bad name. God does not want a tarnished image. So he would give you, for him to have given you that name, it means that he's giving you so much more that you're carrying. So when you carry that, you should carry it with confidence, knowing the benefits of being a child of God. But as you carry that name, you can't sit down across the street and just be blazing ganja and thinking that is okay. It's not okay because you represent the kingdom because you represent God. You know, um, I remember when I was going away to school, I'm the first grandchild, first child, so my parents, my grandparents, are always so excited about everything that happens in my life. So they gathered me and everybody was giving advice and my dad said, remember your name. Don't spoil my name. You know, everywhere you go, you would always be this person's daughter. And that's really stuck. So sometimes when I want to do some things, 
you know, I do something good. They're like, oh, this person's daughter, she did it very well. But the day you do something bad, they will also say, ah, guy's daughter. That's how they are in their family, you know? And then it's also the same thing as a child of God. You know, when you do something, they say, see them Christians. Well, look at them, look at them, they're lying. Is it not a Christian that's doing this, you know? So people would always address you with your father's identity, with your father's name. So when you carry it, carry it with grace, carry it with honesty, carry it with dignity, but also know that God is also pushing you with a lot of good things and the advantages of you being his child is the fact that you have his last name, child of God. Thirdly, the greatest reward as a child of God is that that reward is in heaven is our final goal it is a place that we want to be is a place that we want to go to you know it is a place that is free of moth it is free of filth you know um first peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So while you're on earth, God will bless you. God will keep you. He will make his face shine upon you. You will prosper in all that you do. But the greatest reward, those things can come. Death can just end it all. You build the biggest house. Yes, you enjoy. You've worked hard. God has blessed you. But it would end one day. But there's a place where none of these things would end, where there's no moth, nothing to spoil it. You know, it's everlasting to everlasting. The greatest gift is kept in heaven for us. So we should all strive to make it there. And just knowing that as children of God, we have been promised this is enough to live a good life while we're on earth. So may God help us in Jesus' name. Now that we know the joys and inheritance of being his children, it's also important that we know what his expectations of us are as his children. Because um, just like your earthly father has expectations of you, our heavenly father also does have expectations of us. First of all, we must fear him. You must fear God. And this fear for God is birthed out of a place of love. It's not out of a place of fear. It's not an oppressive kind of fear. You know, um, let me read a scripture. Psalms 103 verse 17 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. So first of all, this is birth out of a place of love. You know, the fear of God is a consciousness to respect him and treat him as your father. You know, um, I'll tell you a brief story. The other day, my youngest daughter, she was misbehaving. So I called her and I went on and on and on. I was correcting her. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And then, you know, a few tears dropped. Oh, I'm sorry, mommy. I won't do it again. And then I just said to her, well, do you want me to tell your daddy 
It was a river bank of tears just gushing down her eyes. And the interesting thing is that they're very close. So the truth is, he probably would not spank her. But she was just so disappointed in herself that she would disappoint this person that she loved so much. She didn't want to see his disappointed face. That is the fear that we should have in God. We don't want to disappoint our father. The father that sent his son to die for you. When Jesus sent his son, he could not come and die. When, when God sent Jesus to die for us, he could not come down to die. So he gave part of himself to die for us. So he has paid the sacrifice. He has, he has paid the price for us. So why do you want to disappoint him? So that fear of God is not a fear out of oppression, like, oh, I've seen God, I'm scared. No, it is fear because you love him, because you want to keep him happy, because you want to show him that you truly, truly appreciate him as your father. So he expects that we fear him, and that fear is birthed out of love. Another thing that God expects of us is that we seek him always. God wants to be part of your life. God wants to be part of every nitty gritty part of your life the small things and the big things god does not sleep nor slumber so if you're a night owl pray to him at night if you want to be the one who wakes up in the daytime to pray he's there and he's available he's never ever too busy so god is such an able god that he's curing cancer in the house next to you and he's answering your little prayer like oh my pencil just broke in this exam and i need to finish this exam lord please help me find a sharp pencil somewhere right now he wants to be part of that part of your life and he still wants to be part of the other person's life who needs him if not the person is going to die at that moment but god just has a way of being there he's all-knowing he's he's all-encompassing he's able to do it so never think that ah, this is a small thing i don't want to bother god about it but god will see you through just involve him in your life seek him always because he wants to be part of your life and Amos 5 verse 4 says, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me that you may live. So even just to live, you need God. In every aspect of your life, you're driving out, you need God. You're about to go to bed, you need God. You know, even before you come to service, pray to him. He wants to be part of that process. He wants to be part of everything. How cool will it be to just know that, you know, you carry God in the inside of you and just before you do something, you're like, oh God, should I cross the road like this? You know, you hear some people give testimonies about small things like, oh, God told me what to wear and it was the perfect color and the person said it was my favorite color and that's how they picked me. You know, God really wants to be involved in your life like that. So in the small things, seek him. In the big things, seek him. In everything that you do, seek him. Seek him always. Thirdly, God expects us to carry and embody his nature. He wants us to live a life that is Christ-like. Um, of all the um, Beatitudes, the one that is most related to children is blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Um, it is important to study the life of Jesus if you want to live a holy life. And, you know, you can just follow the way that he lived. Sometimes we say it's hard. But if there's even nothing, just be a peacemaker. Show love. Let your 
aura just bring about peace everywhere you go. You should be the one in a WhatsApp group that when everybody is arguing, when you make one comment, peace just sort of flows. You should be the one that when you walk into a room and there's, you know, stiffness in the air, peace flows. I know it's not easy to do it, but you know, the more that you seek God, the more that he will make it easy for you. He has a way of just making it all blending. You know, um, I'll give an example. My mom, I always say she can activate any space. So um, sometimes maybe we get to a destination before her. Maybe it's like a house that, you know, nobody has been to. You get there, it's hot, the AC is not working, the generator is not this, no diesel. Most of the time, the easiest thing to do is, you know what, hotel, please, let's go. We'll do this later. But she has a way of coming into that. You could give her a small box room. And by the time she's there for 20 minutes, it's activated. You will feel like there are 40 windows. There's air, there's this. She may just open the door and put a... She could put a mattress on the floor. She's down to earth like that. And everybody wants to end up sleeping in the same place where she is, as opposed to wherever it is that you think would have been more comfortable she just has the grace to activate spaces and the atmosphere so i just told that story so you know that everywhere you go you can also carry the grace of peace you can be the one who is a peacemaker wherever it is that you go you carry peace you carry joy you carry love let your life bring about something that is the nature of god You cannot be a child of God and not carry his nature. You cannot be a child of God and have his last name and not be a peacemaker. Nobody's saying go to the street everywhere anybody's fighting. I bring you peace. I bring you peace. But walk past them and let them feel peace. There has to be something about you. You have to be different. You are not like everybody else. You are a child of God. And lastly, God expects that not lastly second to last first of all we stay away from unclean things it is so important you know just like Emmanuel prayed it is possible to live above sin it is possible to live a righteous life it's not impossible I know we live in a sinful world which is always our excuse every day ah this is a sinful world so you know this one can pass but no consciously if you fear God you will consciously stay away from sin Um, One of my favorite scriptures and one that I always quote is abstain from all appearance of evil. And then some versions actually say flee from all appearance of evil. What that means is that if you see the sin here, just turn, start running as fast as you can. Flee from it. Don't even have a conversation with it. And it's a conscious thing that you have to do because temptation just sort of crawls and creeps in on you you know you're there you're like okay let's have a conversation you have a conversation um okay it's not so bad flicking the hair and then next thing it's another story and you don't want that so abstain from evil keep your hands away from unclean things um second corinthians 6 verse 17 says come out from them and be separate says the lord 
touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. This is the first part of the scripture that I had read before, which was, and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. So before God even tells us that he will be our father, he has given us um, an instruction. Stay away from unclean things. That means be separate. For you to... for. The word separate is a very conscious word. So for you to be separated from something, it's like something you need to shave off. It's almost like a skin tag. If they're going to remove a skin tag from you, it needs to be cut off. So separate from sin. Separate from unclean things. Stay away from it. Consciously stay apart from sin. Don't play with it. Don't Stay in the same room with it if you don't need to be. You know, abstain as much as you can. You know, sometimes, you know, Pastor Mo is always saying, you know, put the knife to your throat. Yes, put it to your throat and run if you have to. Stay away from unclean things because that is what our Father in Heaven expects of us. And lastly, God expects that we should lean on Him. Lean on Him completely. So you see me standing here. I'm not leaning on this thing because I remember the last time that I stepped on this scale, I know what I weigh. So I will not be leaning on this because it cannot hold me, you know. But if I were standing outside against a brick wall, I would lean on it because I trust that this is brick, this is cement, and it would hold me. So that is what God wants you to do. He wants you to lean on him. It's the same way you lie on your bed. When you lay on your bed, you shut your eyes and you sleep. And you just know that this bed will not break. At least I've laid on this bed one year now. It will not break, you know. So you lean on God. God wants you to lean on him completely with everything that you have. Just rely on God. Rest on him. You should not be afraid of anything when you know that you have God behind you. When God has got your back, absolutely nothing can shake you. Absolutely nothing can move you. You just lean on him with all the confidence that you have, just knowing that I am leaning on my father. And then if you lean on your father, even your earthly father, when you lean on him, you're tired, you lean on him, he'll muscle up and try to hold you on. So just imagine your heavenly father who has all the power in the world. He would never let you down. Never. So lean on him with everything that you have in all aspects of your life and he will see you through. So just a little checklist to confirm if you're leaning on the father first of all do not fear and this is a negative kind of fear so fear god but do not fear the world do not fear worldly systems because the word of god has said for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry abba father So God has brought us out of slavery, slavery to sin, slavery to the world, slavery to world systems. Why do you want to go back there and be a slave? When now he has called you son, he has adopted you. You still want to go back to the the field to go and keep working. No, 
lean on God. And because you lean on him, you will not fear the things of the world. Nobody is saying um, throw caution to the wind, but don't fear Corona. At the same time, it doesn't mean don't wear a mask when they say wear a mask or go to an isolation center and give everybody a peck on the cheek. Don't be silly, but do not fear. You know, do not fear the world. There's news going around every day. If we fear, they'll say the schools in Lekki, there was something that happened in the schools in Lekki. You carry all your children, run to VI. When you get to VI, then there's a shooting. What do you do now? Move them to Kedja. When you move to Kedja, you cannot keep running up and down. You're not a yo-yo. You are a child of God. And that because you rely on him, you will not fear and you live confidently every day. Secondly, an important thing to keep in mind is to accept his discipline. God loves us. And there are two ways that somebody can be disciplined. There's a pre and there's a post. The pre is you get disciplined for something. That is when you're being prepared for something. So sometimes you ask God for something and he says no. And then you think, oh, God is mean. God doesn't love me and this. But God is preparing you. He's molding you. He's getting you ready for what it is that is ahead of you. People go to school and say, oh, what's your discipline? What did you get? That is a conscious training towards something that is coming ahead. So sometimes that is how God disciplines us. And then the post is that sometimes God lets you learn from your mistakes. You know, he sees you, he'll watch you because God is a willing God. He lets you, you know, make your own choices. So sometimes you make your choices and they are bad choices. And then when you do make those bad choices, he lets you learn from it. So for example, like fire, I'm sure everybody here somehow has had some encounter with a little bit of fire. Fire is, you know, attractive, especially to young children. So the first time, if you put your finger in it, and it doesn't burn you. God protects you. It doesn't burn you. You're like, okay, it's nice. It's this thing that lights up. You put your whole hand, you know, your palm in it maybe. It doesn't burn you. The next time it's your whole body that you're going to throw in it. And then it would consume you because he has protected you all that time. But if the first time you stuck a finger in it and you got burnt, nobody will tell you the second time maybe the second time you're like maybe i didn't stick it in i did sideways i let me try the top and you try the top this time and it burns you again you would learn the third time it would not consume you you will not let it consume you because you have learned from that experience so sometimes when god disciplines you you have to accept it take it as a blessing it is not always a bad thing sometimes it is a blessing so you must accept God's discipline and even in his word in Romans 8 verse 32 it says um, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how would he not also along with him graciously give us all things God has the ability to give us all things so from the beginning he can just give you that blessing but he's preparing you for it he's training you for it so that when you finally have it you know what to do with it god lets you learn from a mistake that you have made so that you do not make that mistake again so you must accept his discipline and lastly you must trust god completely so this goes back to the crux of my message lean on God 
And for you to lean on God, you must trust him with your whole heart. You must trust him with your might. You must trust him with everything in you. Trust God's timing. Trust his process. Even though you may not understand it, even though it doesn't make sense to the world around you, even though it doesn't make sense to you, as far as God has said it, he will do it. So trust him completely. Lean on him. He's your Abba. He's your daddy. He's your father. He will never, ever, ever leave you. He means the best for you. So trust him completely. Um, Psalms 125 from verse 1 to 2 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. I just want to encourage you all. There's nobody that loves you like God does. Nobody on earth. You know, every day people prophesy love. I will love you in this life and in the life to come. I wish it was true because I've said it sometimes, but it ends in death. Death would end any love that you feel on this earth. But God's love endures forever. Romans 8 verse 38 to 39 proves this and it says neither death nor life neither angels or demons neither the present or the future nor any powers neither height or depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 